Kelly Luther will spend the next week in jail. Now the judge. One salon owner in North Texas. Well, she learned that the hard way. And a hair salon owner who had also opened up her store has been jailed. Luther tore up the citation to the cheer of the crowd. But in Dallas, salon, salon owner Shelly Luther faced seven days in jail for So your client is in jail right now? But yesterday, a woman by the name, and I want you to remember this name, a woman by the name of Shelly Luther in Texas. We don't support the random jailing of, for example, the woman who's now a household name, Shelly Luther. I thought it was terrible. I thought he was a terrible judge. The, the prisoner would like to speak a word. You need to apologize. What were you thinking when he said he, you need to apologize to the politicians? I was like, what? So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salons. They're putting this woman in jail because she's trying to feed her kids. The whole thing is screwed up. Well, I'm, I'm proud to stand with Shelly Luther, and I'll tell you what happened to her was wrong. Yeah! I'm not anyone special. I just know that... I have rights. You have rights to feed your children and make income. Right. And anyone that wants to take away those rights is wrong. We only had people in Washington, D.C. who had half the guts of this patriot. Play Shelley Luther. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show, Courage to Stand. I'm Shelley Luther. I hope you've been sharing all of our shows with everyone. We've had some very interesting guests. And today's guest is no different. I've had no less than 10 to 15 people come up and ask me if I would interview this gentleman on my show. So today, finally, is the day. Please welcome my guest, Mr. Lance Johnson. He is the superintendent of Peaster ISD here in Texas. Welcome. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you so much for having us. You're very welcome. So I want to, we always start with kind of a background. I know that you were very new to Peaster ISD. You arrived there the January before COVID hit. Yes, January of 2020. Wow. Uh, what were you doing before then? Before that, I was the superintendent down in uh, South Texas at uh, the Randolph Air Force Base mm -hmm. uh, for almost seven years and really had a, a great time there and really loved the kids and the experience there. But, um, you know, my family, my wife and I have talked about it. We, we really felt started feeling like we needed to go somewhere else and do something different. Mm -hmm. And uh, once COVID hit, the realization was was factual of why why we were being called somewhere else because uh, the the position we had and the core values we hold uh, probably wouldn't have been as embraced in Bayer County uh, mm -hmm. down where down where the Air yeah. Force Base is as it was in Parker County. You've uh, been like me in Dallas. Yes, yes. <laughs> We, we might have had to share a jail cell uh, because I probably would have ended up in the same place you were. Why but, does that make you my hero? Yeah. I love that. I, I, uh, some, for some reason, it's like a badge of honor these days because we have to stand up for ourselves and it goes that far. Yes, I probably would have done the same thing in San Antonio because oh. I, I wouldn't have changed who I am. Exactly. So you get there, you're just getting settled, and um, what happens? Well, so usually in a transition phase like that, you try to build relationships and what we call political capital. We try to build political capital with the community and the staff and the kids uh, and try to, to get the lay of the land. Well, lo and behold, March comes, spring break comes, and I'm two months in. My daughter had just changed schools as a fourth grader. So we were really trying to get settled, and uh, our governor, 
uh, decides to shut schools down for a couple of weeks to flatten the curve uh, after mm. spring break, which we all remember very well. I get a bad taste in my mouth when you say the governor. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, okay. so we <laughs> at the time we were uh, like everyone. We were trying to figure out what's going on. You know, what what is this all about? We started looking at data and starting trying to figure out, you know, should we, do we really have to close? Uh, but I think everyone at that time was in a reactive mode, reactive period, uh, especially the school district. So we reacted to what they were telling us to do and which was to close down for two weeks after spring break, which we did. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we just, we had very little time to uh, adjust and make relationships in Peaster ISD or even in Parker County before that, before they hit. But I will say that folks learned real quickly because of that event, where I stand as a person, where my faith is, uh, what uh, I believe in my core values because of COVID pretty quickly. Uh, I wish that we had more people like you and especially uh, not just in the schools because we have a lot of schools that are still masking up our kids mm -hmm. and social distancing and basically ruining their lives. We mm -hmm. know of specific cases where it's ruining kids' lives. Um, I wish the churches would have done that too. Mm -hmm. um, and we need a lot more people to just stand up. And if there's more of us, we could stop all of this that's going on. So you want to come back to school. Do you require masks when school comes back or what happens? No, not at all. So we, in fact, back in April of, of 2020, when we really started looking at the data and, and you know, the, the, the media was not sharing with you the factual numbers or the factual data of, of what, you know, we, we kept hearing this, these terminology like the spike or flatten the curve. But when you did the math and you looked at the number of active cases, which we've never paid attention to before COVID and compared that to our population in our county and in our state, well, there really was no reason to be scared. Uh, you know, especially in our, in our town, it was having no impact on our town. So mm -hmm. we were prepared to open up school even at the end of April. Uh, if the governor was gonna allow it to be a local decision on whether or not to open your school, we were already ready to open back up because it was having no impact on our community. Uh, and so we opened up our facilities uh, as early as April. And so we had kids up there playing volleyball, kids using our football field and our track, 50 to 60 kids every Thursday and Friday and Saturday night were literally playing volleyball on our sand volleyball court since okay, last let's, April. Let's put this into perspective because I shut down the salon from uh, March till April 23rd. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I did not even go to jail until April 23rd mm -hmm. and you have 50 and 60 kids at a time playing volleyball, but because you're such a small community, mm -hmm. people were kind of, you know, didn't see it. Nobody made a big deal or anything. And you just did it kind of because you thought it was right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, um, to me, people's mental health, spiritual health and physical health are the three most important things that, that they have. What's the first thing our government does? Shuts down churches, gyms, and school school buildings. Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? I mean, that that attacks all three of those aspects of a human being. Well, sometimes and, <clears throat> school is the only thing some kids have. They don't have a home life. They don't they don't get fed at home. Absolutely. I know being a teacher of thirteen years myself, sometimes kids came to school so they could eat that day. No doubt, that's right. So, and, and we recognize that. So we we kept our facilities open starting in April, and we're talking. 50 and 60 kids from all over the county. So it wasn't like we were just in this little bubble. Uh, and what we realized was these kids needed a place to go. These families needed a place to go. We took a little heat from our local, uh, a few local parents saying, you know, we shouldn't have these kids out there. But to the credit of our town, since day one, we've stood in solidarity 99% of the time. You know, we might have one or two parents here and there that would cause grief over the decisions we've made, but we've really stood in solidarity. Uh, and- I think that's the key. Mm -hmm 
how did you get all your teachers or I, did you get all of your teachers back? How did you get them to um, come back to work? Because we can see in California, all these uh, mm -hmm. labor unions and, and all of these things, these teachers are saying that it's too scary for them to come back. Um, and I say if the grocery worker at Walmart can go work and they're essential, especially teachers, you are essential. Mm -hmm. We are already behind in the United States as far as kids are concerned in learning. Mm -hmm. And we don't have, uh, we cannot lose this opportunity to get them to get back on track. So what happened with the teachers? Well, you're exactly right. We, I'll kind of walk you a little bit of, of, of where we got to where we really met with the teachers because the teachers don't work usually in June, July, and August like we do as central office. You know, June, we're sitting, we're meeting as administrators, we're thinking, and we're having these discussions. Well, what if the governor continues to keep this lockdown going? What if, what if schools are continued to allow not to open according to the governor's orders? Or what if they require masks, you know, even, even to that point? So as administration, we were having these discussions as early as June. And, you know, how do we talk to our teachers about this? And uh, I, I went to church, I go to church at Willow Park Baptist Church, and we, our pastor, Clark Bozier, gave a message on not living in fear. Second Timothy how God has not given us a spirit of fear. Uh, we went back and met as administrators and I shared that with our administrative team. And I said, you know, guys, we, we can't live in fear. Uh, we, we aren't called to live in fear. Our calling is to educate kids. We, that's what we're called to do. You know, teaching is a calling biblically. Yes. And so once we, once we realize we're not supposed to live in fear, and so what is our true calling? Let's do what's best for kids. So at the end of the day, we, we were able to focus every decision we made from June moving forward on what is best for kids. Out of, out of the spirit of fear. That's Fa what you should be doing as, as teachers, as educators, really as adults, mm -hmm. what is best for kids. That's right. And right now this virus do barely affects kids at all. And That's it's right. usually if they have some other symptom that makes them sick. So what happens when you call the meeting with the teachers? We share that, we share that data. So we, we had lots of data that we'd looked at. And, and the only area, Shelly, this is what's interesting to me when it comes to school districts, using COVID as an excuse to abuse children. Because I, I, I've stated that before and I stand behind that, that I think that school districts have used COVID as an excuse to abuse children for a year from now. Mm -hmm. 18 months ago, the things we were, doing, we were doing to kids in public schools would have been, I think, illegal. Mm -hmm. I think we would have had our credentials yanked from us and, and even the liberal media would have said, what are you doing to kids? But we shared that data with them. Uh, you know, the only area that the medical community has been consistent on this entire time since, a, since probably last April or May is that COVID has very little impact on age 19 and under, very little impact. In fact, the flu is worse on them. Mm -hmm. Kids do not spread the virus to themselves or to adults. Mm -hmm. So ultimately schools are an extremely safe place to be. That's, mm -hmm. been, that's been sound data and the medical community has been consistent on since last right. May. So we meet with our teachers uh, and we pose this question and, and I, will, I will give 100% credit to the staff in Peace ISD. Our teachers 100% answered the call to teach this, this fall. We said, how far behind is far enough? We met with our staff and, and with the entire staff. We said, how far behind is far enough before we're willing to answer that call? Six months far enough behind? A year? When do you, when do you step up and you go, you know what? Our kids are far enough behind. It's time to get back in that classroom. And our teachers said they're already far enough behind from the spring shutdown. They said, we're ready to teach day one. That and is so, so amazing. They did a great why do, job. Why do you think that happened? Because that's not happening everywhere mm -hmm. else. Let's talk, about, let's talk about Frisco ISD for a second. Uh, Mr. Rudy, you are the president of the school board at Frisco ISD. You were just recently in a meeting, and when parents wanted to speak up about their kids being masked, you said, stop talking, this is our meeting. Guess what, sir? 
it is the community of Frisco's meeting and you are there because the community puts you there and you need to listen to these parents. And I love that you were listening to everybody. That makes you respected where other people will respect you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you respect yeah. other people's opinion. That's why they respect you. And I love, thank you, Pister ISD, uh, students and parents and teachers, everybody that works at the entire school, down to the you know custodians, everybody that put a group effort together because you guys are the symbol of what should be happening. Mm -hmm. You are the model of what should be happening and doing things right. And other school districts, you need to follow along because it's ridiculous. What is that rule? What is the, uh, in? it's a TEA rule or in the Texas education that you cannot put something over a child's mouth. It mm -hmm. specifically says that that is child abuse if you put something over a child's mouth. That's Texas Education Code Chapter 37. And that's typically the disciplinary code we follow when we're trying to discipline a child. And you know, pre-COVID, you're exactly right. You could not put a mask over a child's face. Mm -hmm. uh, primarily that was focused on discipline, but why would we not allow it for discipline, but yet we allow it for every kid? So we every can do it for the kids that are being bad, but the kids that are perfectly healthy behaving, yeah, let's do it to yeah, them. Yeah, let's not, let's not do it. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's say it's illegal to do it for a kid as a punishment, but now right. we're going to punish all kids because that's ultimately what it was viewed as. Reason, the reason you, can't, you couldn't do that to a kid mm -hmm. for discipline because that's a form of punishment mm -hmm. that's not allowable under the Texas Education Code. Well, let's just talk about TEA for a second. They are a joke. The Texas Education Agency is a joke. Most of those people have no idea what's going on in the classroom. I taught for 13 years. Did I ever hear from the TEA about what was going on in my classroom or how they could help me in my classroom? No. And so I think independent school districts have a much better eye on what's going on. Their finger on the pulse of exactly what's going on with their students. You know their first and last names. Probably in your whole district, it's so small mm -hmm. and you've barely been there. Right. Why would we have someone at a state level be telling us what to do, including the governor. That's exactly right. So we're, we're a district of 1,430 students. And I wrote the governor two letters back in April and May whenever he locked the state down. And I shared Let me that, tell you, he got right back to you. Yeah, no, I, I've, <laughs> I've, yet to hear, I've, I've yet to hear from our governor. Uh, me too. <clears throat> yeah. I have never heard from him. Let me just say, never heard from him. But, but my, my position was exactly what you just described, which is local control. You can't dictate what's happening in Peaster, Texas or Parker County and compare that to what's happening to Austin, Texas or El Paso or Dallas. Mm -hmm. And the same concept I shared with the Texas Education Agency, which was we're, we have an elected school board. And the elected school board, according to the Texas Education Code, governs our school district, not Austin, not the governor, not the commissioner of education. Mm -hmm. And to, their, to the credit of TEA, they did not intervene. You know, there, there was rumors out there that uh, TEA, we were under investigation. None of that's true. And TEA mm -hmm. from day one said that this was a local decision. Were they wanting information, though? Were they wanting statistics from your school about um, how many kids have COVID? And how many uh, are the teachers coming to school? And let's just talk about that. Yes. What is the difference between the normal school year? When I say normal, I mean before COVID. What are the numbers and statistics that you were seeing as far as attendance? Yeah, so we kept hearing, you know, we kept hearing this idea of you got to report the number of cases. TEA wanted us to report the number of cases in a, in a school district, uh, or the DSHS did and, and with TEA's assistant. And the reality is, I talked to doctors and epidemiologists and, and a lot of folks in the medical profession. The number of cases is an irrelevant number. You know, what we looked at, the two data points we made a decision to look at from day one is our student attendance data and our teacher attendance data. You know, whether or not you have a thousand cases of an illness, but you have a thousand recoveries, well, if your attendance data is the same for your teachers and your attendance data is the same for your students, as according to the, uh, to the baseline data that we already had relevant available mm -hmm. to us, 
That tells you how healthy your school population is. What we found was, and we watched these numbers daily starting school, what we found was our student attendance data was higher when compared to the same day as the previous year, throughout the entire year. And it holds true to today. Our teacher absences, we, again, this is all computerized data that we don't manipulate. The teacher absences, again, were virtually the same. So in other words, we didn't have any more teachers being absent. And we, we actually plugged in uh, parameters of any reason. So we didn't want somebody to say, well, the teachers are coding their absences for a different reason this mm -hmm. year uh, to hide it. It's for any reason. So we looked at mm -hmm. teacher absences, whether it be professional development, illness, or whatever, whatever reason they're out, yeah. compared to the same number as last year is virtually the same. So what that told us was the health of our teachers and the health of our student body is no different than what it was pre-COVID. What that tells me is you actually used real science and data of your independent mm -hmm. school district, your community. You took it upon yourself to make sure that you were looking at those things and not depending on anybody else. That's right. And that's with no masks mandate, no quarantines. We did no contact tracing. We did not cancel a single event. People said, well, they they canceled their events. We had homecoming. We had a thousand people at a homecoming game. We had homecoming dance. We had pancake supper. We had fall festival. Did you see kids in other schools dancing at homecoming with masks on? And then they had to social distance too. So they were like this, like air dancing. I've seen those <laughs> pictures. I've seen pictures of kids with plexiglass around them at lunch. Have you seen people in weddings kissing with masks on? Yes. That's their day. And they're, yes. listen, I love talking to you because there's so much sense coming out of this conversation. Common sense, you guys. Guess what? We will be back with a couple students, a teacher, and a parent from Peaster ISD. I can't wait. The following are sponsors for today's show. If you'd like to become a sponsor, please visit us at couragetostand.com. Amy Autry offers customized health insurance options. She's licensed and appointed with multiple health insurance and health share companies, so she can review all your health insurance needs, advise, enroll, and support you ongoing with your policy. Amy has over six years of experience as a health insurance broker to save you time and money in shopping and enrolling in a customized health plan that fits your needs and budget. Her services are free, so give her a call at 817-809-4409. That's Amy Autry at 817-809-4409. Looking to buy or sell real estate in North Texas? The Neal team with Better Homes and Gardens Wine-Ins specialize in residential and farm and ranch properties. Call our friends, Donnie and Darla at 903-744-5475 or email neal at wineinsbhg.com. Just one call, and as Donnie says, the pretty blonde and the ugly cowboy can put the power of two to work for you. Your journey starts here. Again, Donnie and Darla Neal at 903-744-5475. Jarrah Hutchins owns Clearing the Chamber, a female-owned firearms and self-defense training company that specializes in teaching women, youth, and families how to stay safe. We have a class for everything, including intro to handgun, time management for the gun owner, how to talk to your kids about firearms, license to carry, and how to protect what you're expecting, a class for new and expecting mothers. We have all five-star reviews on Facebook and respond quickly to your questions. Give us a call at 469-665-9333 or email clearingthechamber at gmail.com and schedule your free consultation. Again, that consultation is free. Just give us a call at 469-665-9333.
Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courage to Stand. I'm Shelley Luther here with Superintendent Lance Johnson. We are talking about some of the things that have gone on in your school and how you never made a mask mandate. Uh, you never made a mask mandate, actually. Mm -hmm. You made it optional. How many kids actually wore masks or teachers when kids were welcome back to school? So we had a handful. Uh, you know, our position from, from day one, when we started really shifting to this mindset in June, July, and August was that we weren't gonna let masks be an issue for us. You know, our priority was getting kids back in this classroom, uh, getting kids back in schools. We knew that's where they needed to be. And we knew the data said that schools were a safe place. So our community, honestly, in solidarity stood up and said, you know what, masks are not gonna be a dividing force in Peaster, Texas. It's gonna be about love. Can I just tell you something, how amazing that is? Because when um, I go into a store without a mask because I'm a grown adult, and I'm not responsible for you. I get mass shamed. Mm -hmm. Like people come up and be like, why are you the only one in here without a mask? And I tell a gentleman, because I'm not responsible for you. Well, are you responsible? Am I responsible for you? Absolutely not. Isn't that great? Right. You're not responsible for me. Right. I'm 47 years old. Mm -hmm. You had TEA ask about how many teachers have been vaccinated. Yeah. So TEA and, and probably at the request of the governor, uh, or DHS, who knows, but they, they have really all year long wanted to focus on well, how many cases do you have? Or, and now the latest is how many, what percentage of your teachers have been vaccinated? How many teachers have been vaccinated? It's none of their business. Well, we agree. And so we, we've not asked our teachers to report to us any, any information regarding COVID. If you've had COVID, that's your business. If you decide to get vaccinated, that's your business. That is not our position as a school district to want to know, have you taken a vaccination? Mm -hmm. So we brought some of the community here to join us. You have Miss Micah Brittle. Ribble. Ribble. Okay, excuse me. What did you think about all this? Uh, you know, I came from this perspective. I taught in the virtual setting last uh, last spring, and it was not what was best for kids. It's not. I, They've shown in studies that science the kids are falling behind quickly. Absolutely. What do you teach? I teach kindergarten. Oh, so. oh my gosh. <laughs> so you have to manage kids on a computer that can barely like keep their eyes open for three seconds or like look away at a squirrel. Right, attention span, you right. know, five years old, five minute attention span. So virtual learning was not successful. We knew mm -hmm. it was not what was best for kids. In kindergarten, we teach them not just how to read, but how to come to school. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they were very isolated. I have four children of my own that are in the district as well. And we saw that, my husband and I saw for our family, it was not what was best either. Mm -hmm. So um, we got into education. It was something Lance has talked about as a calling. It is our mission field. Um, we love kids and, and we, you know, share God's love with them every day in the classroom, no matter if it's a public setting or not. Um, you guys are going to need to build some houses in Peaster ISD, I think, because there's probably people going, where is this place and when can we move? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're lacking. That it, people want to know what's happening to the U.S. You took God out of schools. That's what's happening. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And you're very fortunate to have teachers like this. You, you're amazing. And I know I'm just doing it because that's what I was called to do, because I had that conversation with him. Yes, you were, but it still takes someone with a heart like you have to do what you do and recognize that kids were more important than our fear. Absolutely. You and also that, brought, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, that just, that, that goes for the entire staff at Peaster. Um, there were teachers who, you know, just lack of information, had some fear in the beginning, mm -hmm. but all of us stood together and it was, um, all of us knew that being in the school building was best for children. 
-hmm. And all of us feel led to that and called to that. And so thank that you so there. much. Thank you so much to all the staff at Peaster. It took an entire community to come together. You also brought a parent. Yes. Sarah Bratcher. Yes. Yes. Tell us about your experience and what you heard. Like, how did what did you think of everything? And OK, so when they decided to do the virtual at, in like March and April of last year, um, I have I, at the time I had a sixth grader and a, a sophomore. And so it just really wasn't working for us. Mm -hmm. um, it, they lacked the, the, just the communication with other kids and the interaction with everybody. And it was just not good for us. And so when Lance, um, we had our first, I think, town hall meeting like in August, and um, he was talking about how we're not gonna do masks and we're gonna Let's start just school. Stop there. Yeah. Dallas ISD, how many town hall meetings have you had? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, zero. Okay. Yeah. And so that, like he said, to get the community just um, to get their input and their perspective on all of this, I think was huge. Yes. Um, and so, um, you know, we, we've just stood together. And like he said, there's a few that might not, um, you know, be on board, but for the most part there is. And it and is just because they're scared. And yes. it's okay to be yes. scared. It's okay to wear a mask. We're not mask shaming you. Right. Um, if you want to wear one, wear, please wear one. I'm not going to shame you no, for doing no. that. Absolutely. And it's just coming together as a group saying, if something happens, God's going to protect you. Yes. We're going to protect you as a community. Right. And we believe that enough to go forth with what we, you know, we should be doing. That's it. Thank you so yeah, much. Absolutely. That had to be kind of scary at first to send the kids no mask and we're yeah. not really knowing what was going I'm on. I'm kind of like he was. I just had faith over the fear. Mm -hmm. And I just, I know that my times and my kids' times are in the Lord's hands, not not a government, not a virus, not anything like that. And so I just had to, you know, just trust the Lord. And I really wasn't scared. I was ready for them. I was eager for them to get back in into that school setting. Mm -hmm. So I have a 17-year-old and... Uh, did you do did you do your online? Yeah, it's over like 30 minutes in and I'm going, <laughs> is it or not? You know, and right. she totally was not engaged. Oh. Um, the teachers could not be engaged. I felt sorry for the teachers. I did too. And fortunately, um, about a month ago, Pilot Point ISD, great job. They started making masks optional. Thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. That and there's a lot of schools that have and a lot of schools that haven't. I know how hasn't. Frisco ISD, Prosper ISD, there's a, a mom that put a billboard up against the school board and said, unmask our kids. Mm -hmm. The school board contacted her and she put up four more. <laughs> the parents her. are in charge. The community is in charge of what's going on and you need to listen. Speaking of the community, we have <laughs> a couple of your students here. These are high school students. Hi guys. Hi. So we have Carver and Katie. Yes ma'am. I got it right, the K words. Okay, so <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself. You play basketball, I see. Yes, ma'am. Uh, my name is Carver Rodenberg. I'm a senior at Peaster High School, and I'm involved in a broad range of activities. Uh, I'm in NHS, FCA, FFA, plenty of sports. I play golf and basketball. And um, so I'm, I'm involved. Your parents did a horrible job. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Some people don't know. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I do a lot of activities, and I'm so grateful for the decisions of our um, administration allowing us to do this because we go – I've been missing plenty of school going and winning competitions. You know, we go and, and do FFA mm -hmm. stuff and, uh, you know, basketball. And, and you all have to make that. up that schoolwork. Yes, mm -hmm. And it was, it was so, it's so good to be able to go to these competitions and do what I, we've been doing for the last few years, you know. And so I'm really grateful for that. How do you think this will affect you in the future when you see <clears throat> your, ad the adults in your community stand up like this? What does that do for you in your future? If you come across a situation where you know something is wrong, what does that teach you? 
Well, I, I'd like to say that you, no matter what we may think, you know, I'm 18, 17, we're seniors, we're still impressionable, you know, we're kids. And so to see the bravery and the boldness of these people that are standing up for this, it, it's really good for us to, to have role models like this. Mm -hmm. And um, as far as the future thing that you talked about, me getting to, to do these, all these activities has developed my leadership so much. And so I think that will take me a long ways, being able to do this. My education has not been hindered, except you for the online learning. A future leader in whatever you want to do and you know that the community is responsible adult is responsible for their own safety the government was not created to protect us they were the government was created to protect us against them the united states constitution yes ma'am miss katie yes ma'am tell me about you i my name is katie cram and i'm a senior at peace Star high school and I'll be attending Texas State next year to become Ooh, a nurse. A nurse? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you. And so a helper, of course, yes. and someone that wants to go in the nursing industry. What do you yes. think about all these mask things? I do not want to wear one when I become a nurse. And so uh, just uh, everything that has been happening in our world lately, I've... Uh, been a little skeptical and a little worried, but I know God will take care of everything mm -hmm. just because of what's going to happen. Are they going to make me get the COVID shot when I become a nurse? Will they make me wear a mask? What would you do if they said to become a nurse, you have mm -hmm. to get the COVID vaccine? I would find a different job. Are you my kid? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, you brought some really amazing, and I'm sure it's not just the two. You, cream. I'm sure a lot of kids yes. there yes. are very, and it's because of the leadership that you guys have provided. What do you guys think about this? Fantastic. They're amazing, aren't they? they? Are. Absolutely. You're, you've been quiet. I'm so proud. I'm, I'm actually. I know, getting, I'm about I, to cry. I'm, I'm trying to like, control myself <laughs> right now. We, we really love kids in peace. Yeah, I yes. can't stress enough. So when I see our students, two seniors standing up for what they believe in, and I see a kindergarten teacher talking about the kindergarten students, and then. Uh, mother of a junior high student. I mean, honestly, we, we've gotten questions, Shelly, about since, especially since the governor has lifted his mandate. Uh, well, how are you guys doing what you're doing? And I've said this over and over again. It's not that hard if you put kids first. You know what, what it's happened? It's not that hard. You know what happened when somebody said, how are you doing what you're doing? How are you open? I say with the key. Yes, yes. yes. It's not that hard. It's not, it's not rocket science. No. You just do sense. what's right and you do what God tells you to do is not fear. Right. And it's for them. This is why we did this. You know what's happening in other school districts that are requiring mask mandates? There's pictures of all these school uh, the school board members out with no mask on. Mm -hmm. yes. Oh, no yeah. doubt. That's Nancy Pelosi syndrome yeah. right yeah. there. Because okay. if you could tell everybody else they can't get a haircut, but then you're seen getting a haircut, you are a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Big time. And you're a horrible example for kids doing what you say and not what you're doing. I wanted to give these... when. Um, when I contacted Mr. Johnson, Lance, I know you guys are calling him, but I know the kids are going to be like, Mr. Johnson. Um, <laughs> I wanted to give you guys these because um, I just think that you're amazing and you deserve some recognition. I also wanted to show you that Courage to Stand is giving you guys $500 scholarships. Oh. Gosh, thank just you so for much. being amazing That's awesome. um, and having the courage wow. that you thank guys you. do. Um, it's just a little bit, but I wanted you to know that you guys are so appreciative. Mm -hmm. I mean, appreciated. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you what role models you already are and how you are going to affect school districts across the nation, not just kids. Mm -hmm. But school boards, you need to look at what's happening and follow the example. California, 
uh, Michigan, all of those people that are closing down everything, their COVID rates are higher. Mm -hmm. So if you want to look what's being successful and you follow that, that is science. This is what you follow. And these are the kids that you want to see. And uh, it makes me happy for our future because yes. I was getting a little bit scared there. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining me today. It's Thank been you. so amazing. Thank you. I could talk to you guys forever. <laughs> and if you want, I'm sure you're available. If people want to talk to you and ask for things that you were doing, because people did that at the salon. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to make sure people are safe and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. You're always available because I hear you're, you always take phone calls. Mm -hmm. You guys are taking three tours a day at the school with new people. Yep. There's no houses left there. Don't yeah. even look. <laughs> but hopefully that, you know, we can make some, I don't know. We just yes. need to make more leaders is what it is. We, we really hope that folks will, adults that are charged with these decisions will start standing up for kids. Like I've said, mm -hmm. 18 months ago, Shelly, it would have been child abuse. Absolutely. To put a kid in a mask for eight hours a day, isolate them, not let them play with their footballs or their basketballs, make them eat lunch by themselves, child abuse. It is because even my husband's son um, has gained weight, doesn't like school anymore. He walks more with a like a hunch mm -hmm. um, and that's child abuse. Mm -hmm. And if he could have been playing with his kids and school was fun, he would look forward to it. Now he kind of makes excuses. He's sick more often and things like that. Mm -hmm. We almost have to force him. That's right. That is not okay. No. And, you know, I wish that we could have had him in a situation like this where kids are like, no, come on, we're, we're going to be fine. God's protecting us. Yes, yes. absolutely. And we want to say thank you to you oh, for, no. I mean, God gave you for this going to jail. Well, yeah. <laughs> go to jail, kids. Oh, unless you have to. Well, he gave, he, that happened to you and you worked it out for good. I mean, God did. And then you've got the show. And I think God is truly raising up a lot of, of people mm -hmm. to take that stand of courage. Absolutely. So, and it's all about God. I have zero fear since yeah. the day it started. Mm -hmm. Zero fear. Yes. Zero, nothing. Congratulations on your courage. Thank, you. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much for your courage and your leadership. And the glory goes to God. Yeah. Yes. Glory goes Absolutely. to God. Amen. Absolutely. He can take a mess and make it a message. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here on Courage to Stand and witnessing these truly heroes that we've had in our local communities. Please share this with everyone. The nation needs to see what's going on in successful school districts. Go to couragetostand.com if you'd like more information or you can donate to our website so we can continue to help great kids that are doing great things. Thank you.